What's on the silver screen? I got some takes you wouldn't believe. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Potmosis Film. This is Tyler, your host today, and today we're talking about a movie that is very, very divisive amongst uh, fans, moviegoers, everything. And I find it's a little insane, and I can't wait to talk about this movie. Today we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984, recently released on HBO Max on Christmas Day for free. And yet, the whole internet is just blowing up, angry, and peeing the pants and pooping the diapers about it. And uh, today... Oh, wow. I know. You're welcome. You're welcome for that image- imagery. I don't know about that. Um, today, joining me, we have my co-host, Josiah, and also Paul. How are you guys doing today? Good, good, good. good. So, um, I, I, I can't wait to discuss this with you guys i think the only person i have discussed this like a little bit with like because i had to was with our amazing guest today if you watched our black lives matter stream where we talked about into the spider verse you know her or if you listen to our other shows you definitely know her from (laughs) guesting a lot of them sandra how are you i am swell (laughs) i'm good yeah awesome and today you guys yeah, welcome back. Thank Thanks you for so coming back. We always yeah. set expectations. Once people hang out with us in this world, we're like, oh, uh, we're not going back to that show. Forget those <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> if I could hang for a three-hour discussion or debate <laughs> on candy, you know, um, I'm good for, like, just Whoa. having fun. <laughs> yeah, our, our most extreme ranking challenges are a little insane. But uh, so uh, why don't you tell us about yourself? What do you what do? You do? And uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I I edit. I'm a full-time editor. I edit books because the question is always, what do you edit? And I say books and they go, oh, because they think it's film and stuff. But no, it's books. So I'm a full-time editor, but I also am a co-host for the Story Geeks podcast. And we talk about uh, the deep themes in geek films. And then I also teach dance because, you know, why not do multiple things? (laughs) So that's me in a nutshell. You're of many talents, just like Wonder Woman. Josiah, uh, why don't you give us the the rundown of what this movie is and who created it? Sure thing. So this movie came out in 1984. I was two years old when this movie... No. Uh, This movie... 1984. This movie came out on December 25th, 2020. It was supposed to come out in June and then October and... The pandemics. One thing I realized we were inadvertently covering history because we talked about Onward and we're now talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Those are probably the two most significant movies of the sort of pandemic era, other than maybe Tenet in terms of the approach and the box office and maybe Mulan and how it's changed things and how things shifted. So it's significant. Tyler mentioned it was HBO Max. Uh, I wouldn't call it for free. But it's definitely, <laughs> if you're paying, we get it free with our AT&T internet right now. But if you're paying $15 a month, and for example, if you're a family, that's definitely cheaper than going to the movies, whatever it be. So anyway, all that aside, it had a budget of uh, estimated $200 million, and it did open at $16.7 million. That is the biggest box office opening since the pandemic began. So that is of some significance, and it's also kind of depressing <laughs> that many people went to the movies. Um, so. Well, a lot of countries can because they that was the U.S. box office. That's U.S. box office. 
Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what it did globally. I didn't look that number up. So, Mm -hmm. Um, It was directed by Patty Jenkins, who... A um, significant film of hers, uh, check out Monster, which got Charlize Theron an Academy Award, which is yep. great, great film, great uh, performance. The story is by Jenkins with Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns actually wrote a big-time comic book writer. If you know DC Comics, you'll know Jeff Johns. Uh, but the significance for um, – the, the, I find the interesting connection is he started out working for Richard Donner. He was Richard Donner's assistant. In probably the early mid nineties, like that, uh, I found that was crazy interesting because this really, to me, felt like this is set in Richard Donner's Superman universe. This movie felt from that world. So whenever I I realized, wait, he worked for Richard Donner because the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, the vibe of this movie, I I feel like, and when the whole nineteen eighties thing, that's Superman, uh, nineteen seventy what eight, but still that sort of general era that's kind of the vibe i felt the screenplay was by patty jenkins jeff johns and dave callahan uh not the callahan callaham i i realized the last letter it's h-a-m at the end of his name interesting name that i've never heard of he wrote doom he's written every expendables movie and he is now writing like all the comic book movies he's going to be right shang chi for marvel the spider-verse 2 so there's a connection to our podcast here he's going to be writing the second spider-verse movie so I thought that yeah, I thought it was interesting. I'm like, hey, we're connected. We're we are related. We're intertwined with Wonder Woman 1984 because we did an episode on Into the Spider Verse, and the writer wrote that. So we're all part of. It's like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with, for this podcast. It stars <laughs> Gail Godot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Pedro Pascal. And the most interesting thing about Pedro Pascal for this is, yeah, you, you know, I got my Boba Fett here, Mandalorians lurking somewhere behind me. Not any of that. He was in the David E. Kelly pilot yep. from 2010, 11. I don't know exactly when. Basically, about 10 years ago with... Uh, Adrian Pilecki. Adrian Pilecki, yes. Who uh, would have been Wonder Woman. It was a whole crazy thing. But he was in that film. And it was cool. I read an interview with him. And he was talking about he was just sad it didn't get picked up. Even for, like, if it were to got canceled. Because it would have changed... At that time, it would have been a huge change for his situation financially. I'm been, like, very glad it didn't show. get picked up. Because I don't know if he would have gotten a movie after it. I, I, I actually really... I, I had watched it years ago. And I actually just recently re-watched it about five days ago. Yeah. In preparation of watching the first Wonder Woman and the 1984. <laughs> it is a monster. Have- it is terrible. It's, it's... it's Yeah. should not be... It's not... See the light of day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the movie was produced by Gail Godot. Good for you, Gail Godot, getting a producer credit. Charles Roman. I think, Gal Gadot. And... I think it's Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, it's Gadot. It's it's not. It, it's kind of to what we would pronounce it. But I, w- I researched it. Try to, hey, no, try to say my last name. Okay, that's all. No, yeah, I'm trying to say it. I'm gonna write it down. You try to say it. So I have great that. sympathy. I apologize to Miss Gadot. Gulaja. Uh, so, no. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so, and it was produced by Charles Roven. And the reason, the only reason I'm going through the producers is because it was also produced by Zach and Deborah Snyder. And we have inadvertently become the Zach Snyder podcast because we seem to cover a lot of his movies just because they're divisive movies a lot of the time and therefore they're more interesting to talk about not always yeah. great never terror well 
listen to the episode on Sucker Punch, that they can be terrible. But at the same time, it's worth talking about. So, but Wonder Woman, real quick, I, I'm, I'm rambling here. Uh, Wonder Woman was created by William Moulton Marston, who wrote under the name of, what was his name? Uh, it's in my notes. I'm losing. I can't find his pen name, but he wrote under a different pen name. So he was he was a Harvard psychologist, fancy guy, and he read an interview about. He was in an interview about where he talked about the great potential. I have a history of Wonder Woman book here. He talked about the great potential for um, comic books to educate young people. And so Max Gaines, the then pub, the then publisher of DC Comics, which was National Periodicals at the time, reached out to him and said, "You want to write something for us?" And so he wrote under that pen name, which was Charles something. It's not really significant, but he's because he's now credited under his actual name uh, in the you know Wonder Woman and all that. And it's it's so interesting because he was the least typical comic book writer at the time. He was sort of I don't know if the word polyamorous or polygamist. He wasn't married to multiple women, but he had multiple partners. He had a wife, another woman that lived with them, and then there was a third partner that came into the relationship. And he had children with both of the women that he was with. So it was definitely different. <laughs> In that kind of terms, he viewed women more powerfully, for lack of a better word to put it. In the early Wonder Woman comics, there was a lot of themes of bondage, and that was really weird stuff. The the, the lasso of truth, every, every, every single issue that he wrote, Wonder Woman was tied up. Every single issue. She was restrained Whoa. and had to break free. And there's all kinds of deep psychological stuff that he was going for about, like, sex training that was bizarre stuff that he anyway, was putting well, in the comics. No, but I think it's significant into the first significant female character being created by a man who had progressive views of what women should be in society, especially for that time, considering Wonder Woman was first released 1941, I believe. And yeah, All-Star Comics number eight, December 1941. So, and it was created with the idea of a female Superman. Mm. That was the concept. And so there's a lot of progress there, but the man who made it, there was, it, it was the forties, I guess the late thirties. Yeah. I, I, I think started, it's worth noting. She started out super, but became wonderful. That yeah. was my corny joke for the night. Um, so yeah. that, that's, that's all I have to say about the Wonder Woman background. I couldn't not mention the, the, the bizarreness of Marston. If we're going to do our Wonder Woman episode. Pretty so, bizarre. I don't know anybody because I think like, I think I think there's a significance, and I want to show this is the um, from the George Perez run of Wonder Woman, which was the mid 1980s. For me, this is like the definitive Wonder Woman. This is where I grew to learn Wonder Woman. There was a comic book shop where I grew up, and they had certain weeks they would have like 25 cent comics, and I could get a lot of these Wonder Woman comics for really cheap. And so I would read. You know, this is the early 90s, so this stuff was junk stock to them. It had no value. So they would sell it for a quarter. So I get the early issues of Wonder Woman. So that's where I know Wonder Woman from the George Perez influence. And the George Perez influence really is kind of become the definitive Wonder Woman. Like it was Paradise Island and it became Themyscira. Those kind of things came yeah. from that run. So Absolutely. And uh, with, with today's uh, movie, this is the fourth movie that we got to see wonder woman as with 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 gal gadot and reprising the role and with new characters and one returning character actually technically what i learned today two returning characters for one picture for one person we'll talk about that in a second 
Uh, we have, like you said, Pedro Pascal, who is Maxwell Lord, who, if you know Maxwell Lord in the comic books, he's a fantastic villain. He is kind of like the con man who kind of conned his way into the Justice League to be uh, trusted, created, like basically helped create the Metal Men and inadvertently became a really huge, terrible person once they realized that he was not really that great of a person and he was very evil. And then we have Cheetah, who is absolutely one of my favorite villains in comic books. Uh, my favorite Wonder Woman enemy, 100%. She's amazing in the comics. She's the greatest, like, she's the greatest antagonist for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And in this movie, I, my first question to everybody, since this is really a panel discussion, is how do you guys feel about this whole dual villain 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 thing that DC keeps on not wanting to let go of, I feel like. We have it with Aquaman, where we have both Ocean Master, Black Manta, Shazam, you have the Seven Deadly Sins, and then Dr. Oh, I'm forgetting his name, I can't believe it. But, um, I don't know. How, how do you how do you guys feel about Wonder Woman two again relying on two villains again? Let me, let me say just one thing before we go forward. Um, spoiler alert, because this movie's really new, and so I just want to throw that out there. But yeah, go ahead. Whoever wants okay. to go first. No problem. I well, first of all, with Josiah, what you said. That's so much like new information <laughs> about <laughs> the history of Wonder Woman. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to see. I kind of want to see that version. <laughs> um, definitely <laughs> interesting. There was a film made about. I haven't seen it. There's a film called Doctor Marston and the Wonder Woman, and yes. it's about him and his relation. I have not seen it though, so I can't speak to oh. the film. But it, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll watch that and do another episode in the future. Yeah, so, that's really I, interesting. <laughs> and, and, yeah. So there's a lot to like unpack with what you said, but we'll stick to the the movie. Um, I don't mind two villains. Um, I, I really don't. I, and maybe that's because I, I mean, and I know it's corny, but I grew up with Batman 66 as like my first, you know, real superhero that I enjoyed. So I don't mind like more than one villain. Um, I, I just think that they need to be done well. So it could be yeah. one or it could be two. Um, as long as it's done well and there's a purpose for them and we're clear as to like how they got there even as a villain. I, I, I mean, maybe I misspoke. I, what I'm, uh, so I'm so sorry. That's my fault. What I want to meant was, do you think that Wonder Woman, now that she's like really established, do you think that her relying on two different villains instead of just telling a Wonder Woman story, do you think mm -hmm. it worked out in this movie? Because I, I will say this, that is my biggest issue with this movie is that, Mm -hmm. uh, I want more Wonder Woman. I don't. I want her in 1984. I want her having Steve Trevor back. I wanted more scenes where he's admiring a trash can. She's like, "Oh, that's that, that's a trash can." I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more fish out of water. I don't want to worry about two different story, two different villains having two completely different stories. Like it, it detracted too much away from what I think was really important, which was Wonder Woman getting her dead boyfriend back. Like. That in there is just a movie itself. Like I, I don't, and I, I guess that's so. That's my question for you guys. I think it. it I'll just. I'll. I'll hop on that. I think it definitely lacked Wonder Woman. That was the biggest problem mm -hmm. with this movie. Everything else you want to say about it, it did not have enough Wonder Woman. You yeah. just. It's, it's. You have the very beginning. You have the the sequence in Themyscira. My daughter, by the way, I showed her that part. She loved it. She loved seeing it the little it. girl Wonder Woman. She loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I said, "Watch this little girl to Penny." So when we watched that. But then, and that sequence is fun and all that stuff. And then you get to the present and you have 
when you the you know the one sequence present. in the mall yeah the present <laughs> the present for the story <laughs> 1984 when you get to the present in terms of story sense that's where you get that snippet of wonder woman and then you don't get wonder woman for another hour into the movie and that's problematic she's just yeah she's you know diana prince and that's it reminded me of in the 60s when i don't know if you guys are familiar with when denny o'neill took over the comic and he was trying to write like a progressive version of wonder woman and he'd done green lantern bringing it down to earth and he took her powers away and made her kind of like this kung fu mm. person and sort of a secret agent because he was trying to like make an empowered woman but i, I, I believe was, he also he was the one who gave her the purple dress as well right i'm not sure about purple okay. dress but the idea he depowered her because he thought yeah. it would then about her womanness and her strength and he, mm-hmm. he took away the one real significant female superhero like at least the one that had her own comic book took away her power what's the the fun in that and i feel like the movie inadvertently did that too. and the movie did that like again spoilers yeah. the movie literally does that and sort of does that just by the way the the flow was and i didn't really i think it was kind of what tyler was saying i didn't really see it as the villain thing being a problem for that but now i see it because you yeah. got to give screen right. time to these different things and you're gonna take something's gonna go even though the movie's two yeah. hours and 30 minutes long something's gonna be lost or some part of it some element of it you know i feel like there's it's funny because it's a thing with dc movies it's sometimes where the like the batman versus superman that that longer cut is better makes things mm-hmm. make more sense and that oh yeah absolutely and you here we have, lex's, you actually understand lex's plan exactly and here i feel like there's 20 minutes out there somewhere that would make this a stronger even though it's, mm-hmm. it's weird to say a tighter movie but i feel that's kind of how it felt so yeah and hopefully there's 20 minutes of wonder woman being wonder woman that's all i mean i agree with um i, I agree with you that there should have been more wonder woman I think of it this way. I think there was like some studio meddling in this movie because it really has two opening sequences. Like it's when a, it's actually the uh, opposite. She actually had complete control in this one. They are studio involved in Wonder control. Woman. In Wonder Woman one, it was her movie. This one was, or sorry, it was studio involvement. This one, all uh, Patty, all Patty. This was Patty Jenkins at her at at her at her one hundred percent. I mean, because like, for example, I just had a story and she wrote with, this one and she uh, did the first kind of one. So. What, what, what was that? Just the, the the sequence with her as a just as real kid. quick, Paul. Just say, just to say, going off that, um, the Patty she, Jenkins, uh, you know, she that's kind of an story credit sequence. and wrote this one, and then so has again, more influence in it for sure. Just in that, and then that thread that never shows up again in the movie. And then there's another opening sequence with the mall that that you know stands for an opening sequence that it sets up the tone for 1984. I think it's just weird that it starts off with two opening sequences. Um, and I think the funny thing is, like, this movie is so long. It's, like, two and a half hours long, and not much really happens. And the stuff that's yeah. the strongest is, like, what Tyler says, it's the fish out of the water um, stuff with Steve Trevor. And I don't know. I just didn't buy Pedro Pascal as a villain. I didn't buy um, Christian Rigg as, as Cheetah. I just it, um, I don't think it's, enough, it's really a matter of, like, how many villains you can have. because uh, I'll go back to Batman 66. I have like seven villains, and it's so entertaining. It's so fun. Um, but this movie is like a chore to go through. It's very uh, has poor pacing, and it's, it's kind of exhausting in a way. Yeah.
may, may I interject though? But I think the Batman sixty six movie though had two seasons also to fall back on on, on character development. But, but I I agree with you. The reason why I wanted to ask about the two villain story thing is one thing. Like again, like I said, this is a very very divisive uh, movie where people are saying this is the worst DC movie, and I think that that is absolutely unfair. And and um, I just realized Sandra didn't answer my question, Sandra. So how do you feel about the two different villains? I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I because I kind of started without qu- quite understanding what what you meant, but now that I know, yeah, we do definitely we needed more Wonder Woman. I still kind of viewed the moments with um, Diana though as being being that part of her as well. We don't get to see her in, in her um, gear as often. No, that's fine. So I think I think once I understood what, what we were getting at as far as having enough time for Wonder Woman, I agree that we needed more time with Wonder Woman. Seeing her as Diana, though, was... was I saw that as fulfilling part of that. Like, we got to see some of her, her other side. Um, I, I think with Cheetah, or Kristen Wiig's character, or with Pedro's character, we didn't really understand why they were doing what they were doing. And so to get more time, it's like, if you're going to give them more time, then tell us why they're doing that. What did, what did Diana do to their careers that is making them so angry and, and wanting to pinpoint her or like, what, what is her involvement in this story and why are they um, so focused on her and what she's up to? It it just was kind of confusing. Um, So I think, well, um, what Paul was saying about needing an extra 20 minutes, I think that would have helped if it would have been fulfilling that question of like, you know, we talk about what's your motivation, but like, really, what was what was their motivation? And if they're just mad, then OK, let them just be mad. But we don't see that. We see elements of humanity um, in them. So then there has to be a trigger, a catalyst to have them change. And we we don't quite see that. And as a woman, like I was really pissed at. Uh, Kristen Wiig's character and so maybe that's a question for later that you're going to dive into so I'll kind of hold yes. off for that but I was so mad at that one that was actually going to be the next question so okay so Perfect within, this movie, within this movie about uh, with this device is that people are literally saying this is the worst DC movie like Catwoman and Green Lantern don't exist they're, 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 they're making these horrific the dumbest uh, or even Suicide Squad they're making the absolute dumbest um I guess uh, I don't know, like not not, not opinions, but it, it's just they're, they're blind. The hatred towards I would feel like DC, and not only that, but also in this world and where we are with women-led films and women-led superhero movies is unbelievable. The divide on Captain Marvel is unforgivable and stupid. I don't think it's the greatest movie in the world, but I definitely think it's better than most Marvel movies. Um, this movie, with with there being so many different villains. So many different uh, stories that are going going along. No really clear direction with any of them whatsoever. I and which is why I wanted to ask you guys. Like I still enjoy this movie. Uh, I, I I do like this movie. It angers me. It aggravates me that this is the follow up of the last movie. But I still like. But I, I still think it's fine. And I, there's a lot of nitpicking things. And there are really three things that actually really bother about me that we'll talk about through us about this podcast because I don't want this to go on forever. But that's where that's where I stand. Um, when you guys want to go into, I guess, a sequel and now a superhero movie, what do you guys kind of expect? And then what was the one thing that you really liked about this movie? 
like the what was the thing that you liked the most about Wonder Woman? Let's start off positive as we just keep kind of diving into this episode. <laughs> uh, Sandra, do you, would you like to go first? Yeah. Um, so I'm an 80s kid. And um, I loved the fashion, <laughs> like I, every outfit that um, once once she changed, once Cheetah changed into like the cool version with like the off the shoulder and the leggings. I was like, yes. And like, I just I loved all of that. I loved seeing like, um, what was it? Walden books and like the mall, just the mall and like aerobics going on. I was like, I remember we were laughing at our mom when she was like jazzercising, you know, so it just was like bringing back all these memories of being a little kid and like walking the mall and, you know, eating a pretzel or whatever. So I loved that. I wish that there were more of those real like 80s moments because um, that's just if we're going to be nostalgic, let's just like go go for it, you know. Um, so I really did enjoy that. I loved the um, Linda Carter Wonder Woman um, show oh, back in the day. Yeah. No, no. no well, I, oh, I, I, the show, the show. Got it. Got I love the show as a kid. And so I don't mind campy. I mean, obviously I've brought up Batman 66, so I don't mind campy. So some of the um, the graphics and the people were like, ah, but I thought it was rad. Like, you know what? She's a freaking superhero. Let it look ridiculous. Like, you know, she's going to yeah. lasso a, a missile. Like that's, that's outrageous. Right. But like also, you know, she's Wonder Woman, whatever. Somehow it works for her. Right. So I didn't mind like the outrageous things that she was doing it's just like it's just like just go for it you know um so those are really you know fun things i like diana i think she's so elegant she's she is great and and pedro is really great too so i really i wish that there was more for them to work with um but i just like seeing them on screen um she's she's so inspiring as as a woman um and her just i was like reading about her life and stuff so just to see her on screen i'm like you're badass like just the whole time you're so amazing um so i just i just like her and i'm with you like i laughed when you said you know it's fine and i think that's funny to be like how's the movie it's fine and it is like i i enjoyed it and and i'm trying to like not be a brat because we haven't had like any movies this year so like here's this movie for for free and it's like "Mm, i don't like it you know (laughs) trying not to do that but i'm also still gonna do that because i like to like unpack things and go what did i really like think about the the plot and about the characters and and the music even i would have just liked to have seen overall more 80s stuff but the 80s that was in there was cool i liked it Absolutely. Uh, and throughout this, uh, this, this, this podcast, this episode, we're going to be talking about tropes. We're going to be, ta- I want to talk to us about the plot. And, uh, and I definitely want to talk about like the things that the biggest problems I think, which is going to be the script. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but th- those are what I want to talk about in this, in this podcast. But yeah, anyways, before we do that though, Paul, what is something that you really liked? What was the thing you liked the most about this movie? I like the opening sequence with uh, her as a little kid. She's going through the training course, and then uh, and she stops her and is like, oh, you can't take shortcuts. But I thought she was adorable, this little, like, wonder kid or whatever. I think that was really cute. Um, I like the mall sequence. And I like Steve Trevor. Like, I think he, um, <laughs> you know, he just, like, chewed the scenery. Like, the, I think the rapport between the two of them is really great. And so you could really just have most of the movie with them two, and it would have been a lot stronger as a movie. Um but yeah, when it comes, and then I kind of enjoyed the really, um, 
kind of schlocky things in it. Like when uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Maxwell Lord he went to into his office and his son's there and he's like surprised by his son. His son's like, "Hey, Dad, we're gonna spend time." And he's like, "Oh, like kind of caught off guard." And then what? And then he goes in the office and like th there's like an investor in there. And I'm like, why is the investor with his son? How weird is that exchange between the two of them that they're sitting there waiting for Maxwell Lord? It's like, really, should it have been like uh, Maxwell Lord's like ex-wife or something? And there should have been like Maxwell Lord should have been or, or the ex-wife should have been really saying what, what that investor was saying. Like, hey, you're a fraud. I'm tired of your shit. You know, that kind of thing. Not the investor. I, it was just like I didn't. I didn't see it as it did, as it implied they came together because like the, the investors like over here in the office and the kid comes from the other way. Yeah, so yeah. they weren't yeah. together. I didn't see it as like oh, really. It's just, the investor's not the babysitter. But, but I just think it was weird that the mother should have been there and not the investor. You know, some like and the investor. I don't know. He looked like I don't know, like Bob Goulet or something. Like I was like, who's this guy? Like talking shit. <laughs> It was like so weird, and like this poor, this poor boy, like he never has his mother around. His mother's like not Paul anywhere. can't stop hating yeah. on this movie on the what do you like about this? I question. know, this weird, yeah. Anyway, no, no, it's just, but that's what entertained me. It's like the really like weird things that happen in the movie, and I found it like kind of hilarious. So oh, okay, um, okay, yeah. am I misunderstanding that? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, I, I love, I love like schlocky shit, and like this movie is like littered with like schlocky shit, and so I, like, I was like cracking up a lot. See, I, I, I just I find it weird that you picked that scene as opposed to the one where the guy wished for the wished for the cup of coffee and he got the cup of coffee. Like I thought that, that was like yeah, that was I, great. I know that was great. Like, just, like, yay, I, that was like his life's ambition is to get that cup of coffee. Yeah, it cracked me up. But um, so, yeah, yeah, inadvertently it was inadvertently entertaining. But I think the most the thing I enjoyed the most was that little kid sequence with the uh, you know one woman as a kid and she's you know riding a horse and she's so cute. With their little bone arrow, and you know, I just I like love that. Like, I wish they had a whole movie just that. Yeah. How about you, Josiah? Where do you where do you? So stand? I'll say, yeah, I, I love the opening sequence, and I love the mall sequence. Even though it's also a fault of the movie, because I think it was you that said, Paul, it's, it has two openings, and that's they're both cool sequences, but are they both necessary to the movie? That's a separate question. Uh, but I really, really liked both those sequences. The opening sequence, it was really cool because... So I watched it with Penny, my daughter, who was almost four. And she just loved it, the little girl. And then when the mall sequence happened, she's like, is that her growed up? I'm like, yeah, that's her. That's Wonder Woman now. So she was so on board. But that also then speaks to the problem of the movie. So Penny is then tuned out because she doesn't get to see Wonder Woman for an hour she's watching the movie and she, and, and I think the strange thing about this movie, it's rated PG 13, but it's tonally it's, it's uh Paul was calling it schlocky. I would say kind of, we're, we talked about the Batman 66. I would say it's campy. Yeah. It's more campy. campy. It feels like I said, it feels very tonally like Richard Donner, Superman, where it's kind of got some cheesy moments to it. And there's like the New York city kind of Joe, like uh, the, the, the way the chaos at the end Felt very much, and I know that the, the, the Richard Lester technically finished directing uh, Superman two, but that felt like the end of that movie where the New York. Well, I know it's Metropolis, New York, whatever. They they get that New Yorker attitude and they start going after the villains. When the chaos is ensuing, I felt the vibe of that part of Superman two. 
for sure. I just felt this, I felt like the tone of it was all there. And that's something I liked about it uh, significantly. I really liked that tone, but I felt like they were in between that trying to have the romance be real. And I think the romance is what, you know, the, the essentially what's a sex scene that knocked it up to a PG 13 rating that makes me think, okay, how much of this movie am I going to let my daughter watch anyway? But then the tone of it was very approachable for a kid. Not that it's dumbed down, but my daughter could watch it and sort of get on board in that sense. And I, that's what I liked about it, I want to say. But I also think it, it's interesting. It, it's, and, I, and I really I don't want to crap on the movie because I liked it. I didn't love it. I wanted to love it. I very much did. Too. But This was my most, my most anticipated movie of the year. Same and, here, probably. I would think so. Like, I find, Birds of Prey is now my favorite movie of, of 2020. So, but with uh, the last thing just about that is I feel like that also speaks to, unfortunately, the flaws in the movie where they were kind of between sort of a realistic romance and the romance worked on its own and it was great and those two together, but sort of an adult type of romance yeah. and a very family friendly film around that adult romance. Yeah. That and we'll, makes we'll, def- we'll talk about the script and the story, which we'll, I'm guessing you're going to be going with all of our negatives. I'm, I'm, I, I, I figure is most of our negatives are going to be with that, with plot and, and, and script. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I got, I got, I got one. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take it. Because I can't say but, it's bad filmmaking. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Look great. Well, yeah. Okay. So one thing I want to say that I really liked about this movie is, yeah, the the intro. I disagree with you guys. I think that the two intros. I don't think they're two intros. I think one of them is because what what she was told by. Um, why am I forgetting her name? Oh my god, I'm such a huge Wonder Woman fan. I know all their names, and I cannot believe. Is it Robin Wright. Uh, yeah, Robin Wright. Robin Wright. What Robin Wright tells her is the entire ending of what she's telling Maxwell Lord. So that whole thing yeah. was very important to the story. And it was it was not only the beginning, it was the end too. Um right. so I don't know. So that that is that is the true beginning. The second one is just setting the tone, but also we wouldn't have had the story had the mall not happened because they found the jewel because that sh- that shop had a black market uh, artifacts. Um, but you don't need but to, to the logic of the movie though, because Wonder Woman didn't acquire it though. The FBI then dropped it off. You don't necessarily right. yeah, need a, to see problem. the action of that happening though. From like for, for, for your... there was a robbery. The cops went into the store and were like, "Hey, what was stolen?" And and they were like, oh, nothing. And they're like, no, no, no. We have to we have to check everything. And then they saw a bunch of artifacts, and they stole the artifacts from the people so they can be sent off to other things. That 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 is the story. Like, I know, but I'm saying, but literally, the the the, cop, the cops don't do that though. You just then when Kristen Wiig shows up, she's like, oh, the FBI dropped off this stuff. Take a look at it. That's how that I, happens. There's a, there's I a think, if there was some level of action engaging the characters in that action, you see what I mean? To connect yeah. them more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I think we wouldn't have had that awesome scene though. I, well, I yeah, think no, I, I love the awesome... scene. I'm not I'm not trying to nitpick on it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a real problem. I don't think that's a real problem. Forgive me for. <laughs> and, and all I mean, I don't I don't consider them two different intros. I see one as the clear intro, and the other one is just setting in time, and you get to see Wonder Woman kick ass, and like, and I just see it as as scene two transition. I see it more as a transitional scene as opposed well, to it's intro. introducing that's Wonder me. Woman. It so it really is. I mean it's an it's an intro of its own kind because that's introducing the Wonder Woman character. That to be fair. And I didn't think it it didn't it like I feel like when I say that there's two intros as a problem, it's just because the movie feels long. 
Got it. If it didn't okay. have that problem, then it wouldn't even. You, you you understand what I'm saying? I think that's where that becomes a problem when Absolutely. the movie. Because even whenever Judy and I went to watch it, it was Christmas night later, and we have two little kids, and we're like, "Oh, two hours and twenty minutes long," it's like, or two hours and thirty minutes long. It's like, oh, okay, it's like that's longer than we expected. But no, that that makes way more sense. And so the one thing I really like, honestly, is, and I'm probably gonna be the only one on this. I love. Sandra was gonna say something. What were we gonna say? Um, I think I think with the two intros, I I I. Well, that's what we're calling them, right? I think the beginning, the beginning scene with Little Wonder Woman could have been placed later in the film because um, we see that in Captain Marvel, where she goes back to all of her trials growing up, and it's at that in the third act. Um, so it, it could have been placed elsewhere. I was fine with them being where they were, but I think that could have been, you know, a way to to tweak it. Is to no, have that's it a good, later. That's a, that's a yeah. That's a smart solution. Act really. It could have been like maybe they could have had a, had that scene when, um, when she realizes she needs to renounce her wishes. Yeah. And so she's remembering a time when she was younger and you know, like kind of connect it that way. But, uh, yeah. Or maybe even like just through Steve in the in the. I feel like maybe even around that love scene in the quiet moment and something and it. I just 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 to split up the movie almost essentially because yeah. like I said my my biggest problem with the movie is that there's that long gap between Wonder Woman and that could have almost been a solution to it where you have yeah. if that sequence comes about warrior, thirty minutes, warrior, 40 minutes yeah, yeah. that would have been awesome I mean it was still the best sequence in the movie regardless absolutely so um so well, the one thing I really liked about the movie was actually Maxwell Lord. Um, not only because I love the character, I actually just like the fact that we have a character that doesn't have a plan, who doesn't have an end. He just kind of like, he was like, I want more. And they're like, okay, cool. Like, what are, what are you going to do after that? More. And like, I, I had a whole conversation talking about it where a friend of mine, uh, Dom from our podcast, Dom of X, and I were talking about it at length, where we're just like, it was kind of refreshing of just having a, a villain where I also compare loki to the exact same thing i think loki is literally the mcu's version of of maxwell lord loki doesn't have a plan all he wanted to do was cause chaos to it with his family and then possibly become king then he goes away and then he attacks earth with an army what was he gonna do after that like i feel like it's kind of like the same thing where it's just like they're just doing things because they just expect it or they feel like they deserve it and pet and i what i like about maxwell lord is that he reminds me so much of cheesy 80s business people that literally are about you can do anything everything's at your grasp and like cool like what and you're like everything and you're just like okay what what like what everything it's always that one thing where like they don't have they're all that's why they're cheesy and that's why like they're they're, they're themselves yeah and i think that he works as a villain not only as like being one of those cheesy personality people that always have mixed messages and bullshit messages but like he he just becomes this thing where yeah I'll be a guy who who does wishes and, and gets everything that I want from telling people to say something and doesn't know when to stop and to me that actually kind of makes sense and I like it and it just it, it it's to me makes him a little bit more um like I, I guess um I don't know I I, I guess I, I I see myself into that sometimes where like I want to do all these projects I got to do all the stuff like cool I need to sleep too it's like no 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 but I, I got to do all of it. You know, and it's like, but also, um, 
like I I, th- I actually think he was done pretty well. My issue is that is just again what we'll talk about later is the script. But uh, I, I think Pedro Pascal was fantastic for what he was given, and I also think Kristen Wiig was actually a great uh, Barbara, and uh, I think she's a great actress. I think she had a great talent and un- just an unfortunate, unfortunately bad script and storyline for her. But uh, and yeah, I think the bringing back Steve Trevor was actually kind of cool to see as well. I one thing the thing I like about this movie is it, it feels fresh. The ideas feel fresh. A wishing stone, like legitimately, just a wishing stone is the plot of this movie, which is like something I never would have thought of in a superhero movie, especially after MCU, where it's like all this other like like galactical beings and, and armies or like all these other things, and this one's like I wish and. That's always been fundamentally the camp of it. Fundamentally, DC versus Marvel, though, like going back further, DC was founded on Wonder Woman is essentially a Greek myth. That's the character. Her background is that, and this this George Perez version leaned more heavily into that. And uh, Shazam, the very much mystical, magical. It's just the answer is magic. And that's to me, that's okay in a film. And it, that's their world. Whereas uh, Marvel, it's always been, it's, it came out of the 60s, the 50s and 60s, when the answer was science, science fiction. That was just the change because of the tone of other things outside of comic books. So I think, therefore, Marvel movies are so dominant that when the science is the answer, and there's still mystical elements in, well, even in like Thor, it's like, we call them magic science. Like, they sort of but they make it make sense within their world. And I liked that they, they've been DC's kind of embracing that. Yeah, it's magic. It's magic. I love See, it. Too. It's magic. I like that. Cause that's also to me makes it different. I want, cause I want these to be like DC movies and not like Marvel movies. Exactly. And that's always, and, but what I want to go back real quick to Pedro Pascal. Cause I really, I agree with you. Cause he's so good that again, so if he only had more to work with all that stuff, but he reminded me this movie, he feels like the Michael Scott of a comic book movie where (laughs) what Michael Scott wants is to be loved right on the office. He just wants to be loved so badly. He wants friends so badly that he does all these things and he's weird and awkward. That's, that's this guy. He thinks if he's this cheesy guy, that's what'll get him. Like he thinks if he can grant these wishes, everybody will, will love him. I think that was cool. And of course it's like all about his kid, and the, the the dad on the podcast over here, that's the part that resonates. You know, it gets to me. Oh, it, oh, yeah. And like everything where there's a dad and a kid, it's like, oh, I have a kid. And so that I think those were the things, again, that, that, that worked. But it's also where it, like that the, there was just not enough for particularly, like you said, Kristen Wiig. Uh, but 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 Pedro Pascal, like I think that they almost gave him. It's the opposite where he had too much. He took over the screen, which he's good in those moments. But again, it's like, okay, what's going on over here, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it, it was like one of those like, okay, we get it. You grant wishes, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so the thank you, yeah, thank you so much for saying that. And so that's that's where I want to go to, like the next thing where I think is uh, I'm trying to be as organic as possible because I have so many. I literally talked about this movie for two hours today with somebody else, three hours yesterday. And oh my god! So I have a lot of feelings about this movie.
Um, but yeah, I want to talk about tropes because I, I feel like one of the things about this movie that work and also really to me also kind of breaks the movie and damages it are are these are these these decisions for some of these tropes. And of course, a lot of these movies, especially like what we're talking about, campiness and stuff like that. I, I think they belong in here, but how much and which ones work and which ones don't. And I know Sandra definitely has one that she definitely wants to talk about that I agree with a thousand percent. So I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you start off with this one. Oh gosh. Okay. So I've been wearing glasses since I was nine years old <laughs> and and it's always like Oh, you know, let's do the 80s makeover and like, let's um, change your clothes. Okay, fine. Um, Take off your glasses suddenly. And it's like, like, just like the message, consistent message in all of those movies is that you can't be beautiful if you wear glasses. Which, of course, like as a kid, I was like, well, I'm going to be ugly then for like my life because I have to wear glasses. And um, I hated that. Like, and actually commented when I was watching the movie I'm like oh like they made her over and she had her glasses on still I'm like I'm so glad that she had her glasses on still like that they didn't take them away and then like the next scene she's like oh I guess all this reading made me made my eyes better and I'm like son of a bitch like I just got so mad (laughs) because I thought I thought oh thank god they're like acknowledging that trope and they're not gonna buy into it so I hated that I mean that that little detail but the bigger picture was and it, from Patty Jenkins too. Like I was, I felt so empowered after Wonder Woman. Like I was leaving the theater and I was like, yeah, yeah. Like kicking and cause I'm, I'm ridiculous 24 seven. So I didn't care that I was in public, but, um, but after this movie, I was like the, the view of women, it's like, you have two, you have a, you know, each, each woman had one wish, like your whole being, anything that you can have is now at your fingertips. And Kristen Wiig's character wanted basically to be popular. And Diana wanted her boyfriend back, which to me, like, I thought that was crap too. Like, she's had decades to get over that boy. And like, I mean... Can I I interject? I'm so sorry. I don't mean to interject, but I actually talked about it with somebody else. Granted, when she did make the wish, she didn't believe in it. She just did it to kind of humor. Right, right. No, and, and That's my only defense on that. That's it. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think she believed it for for oh. Diana. I think she didn't believe it for for Barbara. I think I think she oh, did. I meant for Diana. Yeah, I meant for Diana, yeah, yeah, yeah. not for Barbara. Oh yeah. Yeah. For for Diana, yeah, she she didn't. Um, but still, that was what her wish ended up being, and that she didn't immediately like return him. <laughs> the, the other like like I, i've seen pet cemetery i've read the book like you know you don't bring them back um <laughs> but also like that whole that was very weird the whole bringing him back in another man's body and then yeah. immediately having sex with that that guy like yeah. that's not the same man and, and, the whole, and, and the whole quantum leap thing where he's looking in the mirror because like they make sure the like if if they would have just had him look like chris pine and look like chris pine but not show us oh he doesn't really look like chris pine we're just seeing chris pine that mirror moment was where it's like okay this is is they're crossing a line like and if it's gonna be magic like you're saying just be magic just have him like poof into existence as opposed to like you know ghost uh whoopi goldberg patrick swayze kind of moment (laughs) 
Um, (laughs) Right. I was like, I was like, please, please do some pottery. Like, just go for it. I would have loved it. Some pottery. But yeah, (laughs) I know. But that the whole trope of like the the eighties makeover thing. A friend of mine, she's like, maybe. I thought this is so cute. She's like, maybe the script is so bad because they were like fully committing to the 80s vibe. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that is not acceptable. I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. But but no, I mean, just the trope of the makeover as a woman. I, I wanted more and I got more in the first Wonder Woman. Like I felt I felt like, dude, no wonder guys want to walk around like fighting everyone because I felt so strong afterwards, even though I'm like super weak. Um, but I was like, like, I feel amazing. Like, you know, and, and just at the beginning, the the opening sequence in Wonder Woman 84 of, of seeing young Diana and like just this whole, like, what a dream of like being around just all women. You could walk at night. You could <laughs> wear whatever you want. Right. So all of that is very empowering to think, you know, we could be we could be strong and and not be judged for it. We can run around in in these clothes that are um, allowing us the, uh, freedom of movement and um, not restricting our our movement and 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 fight and and do all of that stuff, you know. Um, but we didn't get enough of that. There's a little bit for for little Diana, but not for. Um, the women that she was around, like for Barbara to just want to be popular, was really ridiculous. <laughs> like that. Of, I mean, and you're you're already like when she was going through her resume. Oh, I'm 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 a this and a that and all these different ologists that she is. Like she's successful, but because she wasn't getting the attention of men, like that was the thing. Which I'm like, that is garbage. Yeah, and the joke was that like no one could remember her. And as I'm watching her, I yeah. don't want to stop looking at her. And yeah. so I couldn't, I couldn't get the idea that you would forget who she was if you met her. Oh, I interviewed with you, like the the woman. I I couldn't get it because like I can't not look at you, Kristen Wiig, because you're just so engaging and charming and all those things, and you're funny without trying to be some like that. I couldn't buy that part of it. That because I, I like the concept, kind of jumping off the what's the end that the idea is you have this character who is so not Wonder Woman that she wants to be that person. And then she, her wishes to be that person, but it's the way they execute it through is, Oh, it's through the attention of men as opposed to being empowered, which is again, what the first movie felt like it was about. So. I totally got like electro vibes from her whole character arc, you know, like she, you know, like the, um, Jamie Foxx is kind of like the submissive kind of scientist. And then he jumped into like those eels and then he gained his power. So I kind of got a, like, an electro vibe there. Um, I would say like the trope that I think didn't work here was the, the Superman two and the Spider-Man two trope where uh, the hero kind of forsakes their powers to live a normal life. Um, and this one, she like has sex with Steve Trevor and then they immediately get into it. Like, Hey, let's find out what the deal with the stone is. And so the whole time she's like, still Wonder Woman, and she doesn't forsake her powers so that she can or, you know, stay with Steve Trevor. And I wish they really they had that, where the world kind of went to shit because she decided to pick Steve for being Wonder Woman. Um, and that never happened. So I just think that that wasn't really um, successful. And uh, going back uh, before with the Maxwell Lord, 
I did like, I think as a villain, he was a poor villain, but as a regular character, I thought he was very entertaining. Like his, you know, sort of uh, Tony Little kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, oh, you can make your own fortune and all that infomercial shit. But as a villain, I, I think his motivation works so much better if he, if he, um, like that end sequence where he's like reliving his past. Uh, like he realizes that his son is the answer to everything. Like his, his son is the end or the truth and that it showed him uh, all the moments he had with his son and like how his son really means so much more to him than all the fortune and all the uh, adulation from like all these investors and Robert Goulet and all of them, you know, uh, I think that would have been more impactful. Um, yeah. So just, uh, I don't know. It, it's like the funny thing about this movie is like there's so much that works and if and there's so much that doesn't. And if they just like change it around a little bit, it'd be so much better. And I kind of came into this movie with with pretty high expectations because I thought Wonder Woman was like saving grace of the DC universe. Um, and then I was expecting this to you know, follow up with that. But it, it was like kind of disappointing. And, you know, I really wanted to like this movie, but it just didn't. Again, I don't know why. Again, I haven't been on. Uh, I've just been watching. I haven't been on the Internet. I don't know why it's so divisive or people are, like, freaking out. Um, but, you know, this movie's just okay. Like, it's not It's not yeah. going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? It's not bad. Well, it is bad, but it's not, like, ruin my life bad. You know, like, it's just a movie, and it's not great. Like, people need to chill the fuck out, you know? And I know, I know it's hard to say about the Internet, but... but <laughs> seriously, it's just a movie like, like, you know what? There's other things that are worse, like the pandemic and things like that. Like, you know, stop freaking out. It's just, it, it's fine, it, it, you know. But anyway, that's no. That's it you know what we, what we can't say? We can't say it's not the end of the world because we're kind of like I don't know. Yeah, right? I know, I know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. What a woman, nineteen eighty four, ruined the world. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm gonna mention one thing. I was talking to Tyler like a couple days ago. We were like chatting, and uh, we were talking. Like, he's like, "Hey, what do you think about 80? Like, he was talking about 1984, Wonder Woman 19. But I thought he was talking about the George Orwell 1984. <laughs> he never said Wonder Woman. And like, for, like half an hour, I was like, I don't know, man. John Hurt. Uh, like, I, I just <laughs> like, what do you think of Newspeak? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was like, oh, I just make that connection for like half an hour. So. Information hole. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. George Orwell podcast, everyone. Yeah, no, you're totally fine. And, and like, that, that's that's actually another thing that, that irks me. It's like, why did they go with 1984 if it literally has nothing to do with 1984? Like, I don't know. I feel like that, that was just kind of like a scam. Like, for us, because I was expecting there to be, like, some other thing that's, like, preventing her from being able to be a, a big badass. But it really was nothing except for her, her career. That was really preventing her from being Wonder Woman all the time, I guess. Like, oh, here's a fix that this is this is how I think you could have fixed it with the whole eighty setting, right? You had uh, one of the investors was like uh, a Soviet or something like that. He's like Gorbachev, and he's like, well, so like Maxwell Lord is like in it deep with the Soviets, and like they're coming after him because he can't pay them back. But that's how you could have kind of you know kind of put in the eighty setting with Maxwell Lord and kind of made it. It's created better with a story. I don't know. But anyway. 
No, I mean, like, or it could have been, like, Maxwell Lord was already president, like, halfway through the movie and, like, literally started limiting everything and was, like, wishing everybody to not know real information. That would have been cool, but that's, you know, that that's a whole other discussion because there's, like, seriously, there's so much I want to say about this movie. And, and Maxwell Lord, another thing, it was, like, it just occurred to me. I've been talking about how it's, like, very Richard Donner Superman. He's totally... Like the cousin to Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor? yeah, totally. No, just, and I've, I've been talking about it the whole time, but that just occurred to me. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. he is, yeah, he's Lex Luthor's cousin over here from. Just, just say with you saying that, can I, can I go before you then about the tropes? Mm-hmm. What I hate, I am so tired of. I am tired of this movie is supposed to remind you of this movie, so we're gonna make it tonally like it in the current age. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It will not ever work. There is a very, it is very okay to do an homage, like Stranger Things. Um, like, I think, like, yeah, like, things like, like Stranger Things, um, even Captain Marvel and stuff like that. But when you, I understand, like, wanting to do something like Richard Donner, a, a Richard Donner movie. But the thing is, is that this is 2020. We have a completely different way to tell a movie. And this is supposed to be, uh, for for mass audiences, and I'm sorry, I'm very okay with DC pushing the boundary, trying to do something different, not being Marvel. I just feel like Wonder Woman is really not the character to do it because she means a little too much to people, and to you know, and is we're basically we've waited this this long for an amazing female protagonist superhero movie. Why are you being so, I guess, experimental with her? when you probably should be doing it with somebody else. Because again, I think she's like a, gl- a gleam of hope for, she saved the DCEU essentially for me, DC movies. She saved it like, like single-handedly. Uh, and then I don't know. I just feel like them being like, yeah, look at wonder woman one, a great movie, a great current movie. And it's very empower- and powerful. Cool. Now, you know, this guy over here, Richard Donner, let's just do his, let's just do a movie just like him. It just doesn't work. Like, um, and I, I don't think yes. that was their intention. It yeah, was, it, it was oh, absolutely uh, the intention. Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns both talked about how they wanted it to be Jeff Johns. Yeah, he was Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Yeah, hugely influenced by Richard. Don- I, I don't know that yeah. their intention. I didn't oh. read into that. I, I mean, I, I obviously I read it in the film, but I didn't okay. literally read it like on an article. Yeah. But Jeff Johns was a huge, huge Richard Donner <laughs> fan of his Superman. Another and and so I say this is why I hate it because another DC movie tried to do the exact same thing and flopped, failed, and nobody remembers it. Superman Returns. Um, it, it just yeah. it, it really doesn't work. It's totally cool to do homages to do something where it's like, uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's it it's heavy it's heavy eighties music and heavy or seventies music and stuff and it's inspired by like the times and stuff like that. But it is still a story that is told that is edited, that is have the pacing of a current movie. Like, Stranger Things, it reminds you, it makes you love the 80s. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm stuck in the 80s. But you don't really feel like you're really in the 80s when you're watching it. You don't really feel like, oh, yeah, I'm a kid in the 80s watching, like, a kid from the 80s movie. Like, I'm not, like, it's, because it's told in the exact same beats of storytelling that you would watch and that you would watch currently. That's why Stranger Things has such a huge appeal, I feel like. Like, um, and that's the trope that I'm tired of, of and a lot of movies do it. And it, to me, it has yet to ever really work out where you're like, I like this one director from the 1980s, 1970s, 19 blah, 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 blah. I'm going to remake this movie and do it just like them. It didn't work for Grindhouse with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez trying to emulate 70s, uh, you know, Grindhouse movies. And it just doesn't I think work. that one worked. 
See, really, I don't, I don't really. <laughs> I think that one. I think that worked. I think your point here is is valid. I, I think it. that I one didn't... worked. I think that oh, one worked. Yeah. Oh no, I mean, <laughs> here, here for sure. Yeah, well, um, I definitely. I mean, I don't know. I, I really feel like Planet Terror was a huge miss, but that was me. Um, it, 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 it was fun, but that was it. There was nothing else like to dive into, like what we like what we like to do here. But um, yeah, that so that's the trope that I really hate about this movie. Um, that they do, and I really hope that they just stay away from that in Wonder Woman three, and just let her be a current superhero. I don't care if it's in the past, but let her be a superhero for us right now in a different time period. That's why Captain America works. The Captain America one does not feel like a nineteen forties movie. It doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like anything. It just felt like it was a movie from two thousand ten. I I see what you're saying, and I think that whenever you have like a Richard Donner, like whenever you have a, a source of inspiration like Richard Donner or like Steven Spielberg, I think you really should start there. Like that should be the jumping off point. But then you make it your own, yeah. you know. And I think this movie yes. didn't really make it its own. It was just like, hey, let's let's hit all the beats that Richard Donner would do. And and uh, you know, I actually didn't I didn't know that that was the intention uh, initially to, to uh, do kind of like Richard Donner did. Um, but now that you kind of bring that up, it's kind of like it kind of sours a movie a little bit because I feel like they were not very successful in doing that. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's fine to like take a certain thing or a certain style and then, and then serve that as a jumping output, but then you have to do something with it, make it your own, put your own voice into it. And Patty Jenkins is like perfectly capable of doing that. With the first Wonder Woman. So I don't, it's weird that this movie was unsuccessful in many in many ways because uh, she knows what she's doing, um, and and it's weird that she had more. See, I thought I, I initially thought it was like studio involvement, and that's why it didn't work as well. But then she had more creative control, so it should have been better, you know. But but yeah, good. And, and and I didn't mean to interrupt you before. I just thought like like me, you should know because this was like the first time that DC was like make your movie please like to her because everybody else has been like you know well maybe not maybe not so much todd phillips but I, either way uh we're talking about one Woman. i'm sorry no but um and then i say the trope that i did like honestly in this movie which is what we were talking about before was the magicalness of it i kind of like the fact that they just didn't really explain a lot of stuff like steve trevor flying a modern plane i was just like i don't really like i'm just i'm kind of glad it's just kind of for a long ass movie that they just kind of like glazed over things that just didn't really matter. And they were just like, you know what? He knows how to fly a plane because he's a good pilot. And that's all you need to know. Don't ask questions. Let's keep going. That but part that stuff, didn't work for me. <laughs> see, that stuff for me, I'm like, I don't really care about because, I mean, again, we we have a wishing stone. So, like, that was a trip yeah, that worked yeah. for me. I'll I say like, I didn't like it, but it didn't like, it's it's also not like, oh, that kills the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's a fantasy that was- it's at its core. I was hoping he was going to pick the old-ass, like, biplane. You know, like, <laughs> I thought he was going to pick the old-ass plane and fly away with that. You know, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay with him flying with a modern plane. I mean, he's a pilot. 
Yeah. It's Chris Pine. He can do anything he wants. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, and and the fireworks, even though modern fireworks have been like that since the 1800s, like nothing, I, I looked it up too. I was like, did fireworks change at all since then? <laughs> and no, I, there was a whole article from uh, from the National, uh, like, like like the museum in New York, like the, the History Museum in New York, there's a whole article about the history of fireworks. Nothing has changed since the 1800s. So I thought that that was pretty funny where he was like, what are those? And she just, but that was fine because it worked. I love that you looked that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find it hilarious that you waited till the movie to end and then you were like, look that up. You like did research about fireworks. <laughs> well, I, I, I rewatched I rewatched it today and, and I was like, wait, when did this? Because people were bitching about it on Facebook anyway. So I wanted to know for myself for this and to just kind of drop that knowledge on there. I'll tell you why that, that I could care less about that because that was one of the most beautiful sequences in the film. Yes. It was just so beautiful, so beautiful. when they fly through. I love that. I could watch that part all like that uh, the, over and over again. That's where I think like I said that the uh, I was bothered that he could fly the modern plane, but then once once they're flying it I'm just in that moment. And I'll say exactly. the movie worked on that level. I was just with him in that plane and that that's where the movie worked for me. So getting back to the trope thing that, that yeah, didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Getting back to the trope that didn't work for me, it's that idea. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of jumping off of what both Paul and Sandra said. So the the whole like losing my power so I can be normal thing, that doesn't work for me for Wonder Woman because she is Diana of Themyscira. She is Wonder Woman. They just call her Wonder Woman. She is that, that when you see that little girl training, sure, the whole lesson of don't take the easy way you know that which is Maxwell Lord's lesson as opposed to hers. But then what I didn't like is she's losing her powers to keep Steve Trevor when I would have wanted and I would flip that for me and it works where he's like I don't want to go I want to stay and she's like no you have to go because that is what is best for everyone. That's where it really felt uh, failed for me because she's the woman like don't leave me oh I love you and. You know, I would want Judy to react that way for me, but I would be, I would want in this circumstance, say like realistically, if there's a situation in life where Judy has to make a decision. It's me, like my safety or something, or the girl's safety or something. Without a doubt, she would hesitate, take care of those girls. And she would know, I would agree that's right. I would want that from Wonder Woman to say, you got to go, Steve, because that's what's right. That's what needs to happen. And and, and 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 I like the idea that he's the one that would want to stay instead of like you you can go and he's the one who like makes it okay just go baby or he didn't say that but that's where <laughs> it really <laughs> if it was like a two thousands movie he'd say that Wonder Woman two thousand seven because it's like she's um over, like she's moving on for grief she's choosing to move on you know and so that would be like very good for a character arc if that happened you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it just it empowers her more because she makes the decision. Whereas in the movie, the, 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 as it is, he makes the decision. He says, no, I got to go. And she like, she sure she then does it. But for example, she does it when she walks away. Do it in front of him. That can just be a more powerful cinematic moment where they're together when that happens. What does that look like? And we, you know, does he vanish? Is he, the, the, all kinds of questions that they just <laughs> ignore. Because I like, because again, like I said, I like the magical element. And that's one thing, too, that kind of what Sandra said, <laughs> I think, earlier is he becomes that guy. 
whereas everyone else so magically they just show up for an interview or they just get their coffee if it's magic let it be magic it doesn't need to be magic mixed with oh he needs to physically inhabit somebody's body it's like no his body yeah. just is back like he doesn't yeah. we don't need that like i said that quantum leap moment where and i think that was what they were t- going for specifically where he's looking in the mirror you know checking himself out and the whole the 80s like trying on different clothes thing and, and and that worked because their chemistry is great yeah but it's also very bizarre when you think about the ramifications of this is this other dude's clothes and you're gonna sleep with this guy even though you you say i see chris i see you steve trevor when he's not steve trevor uh, i think the only way that that would work is if at the very end you know when they had the at end scene the christmas scene um that you know when he shows up and they have a little exchange and she and you know he says hey uh, you want to get us coffee and she's like sure you know that she opens herself up to new people like no so that's even like, weirder for me yeah i don't like that that's even weirder that. for me it's like oh i already okay. slept with you when uh, you look like chris pine but i, th- I, yeah, like, I don't you know, know if I mean? they would want them together anymore because she's like i have sex with your body no <laughs> yeah it was yeah, much better it was much better when it was somebody else like oh you're yeah steve knew your body better like how like, like you made love to wonder woman you have no idea I think it's great that she would have a connection and like talk to the guy and be like, "Hey, I acknowledge that you are no longer Steve Trevor." I don't want to see them date. I hope to God it doesn't happen because that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what, what I was to say the other the other trope that I like a lot that I wanted to bring up and I forgot about was I, I love the reversal of the uh, of the clothing montage. I like the fact like in the first movie they had the the montage with her and Etta, and uh, you know, and, and him being all impatient, and then they flipped it. To where she's very impatient and, and and everything, and she knows exactly what he what he should wear, and he's just like, I got oh, I got a fanny pack. It has America on it. Like I I love the flip. I thought that was actually really yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. I like issued fanny pack, the U.S. issued or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that joke. That was good. That was a nice joke. I like that. We're, we're gonna say <laughs> that- that scene reminded me of um, uh, Toy Story 3 with Ken trying on all of the clothes <laughs> like, so oh Barbie could distract him. You're right. <laughs> you know, there were so many moments. There were so many moments that I was like that or like even um, I think Josiah, you were talking about wanting to see a little bit more of um, Steve being out of his element in this new environment that was reminding me of Captain America and like, you know, Oh, what's this? What's that? And then when he's like staring at what he thinks is a statue and she's like, that's a trash can. Like it was funny, but it was also like, it just, it feels sometimes like knockoff Marvel. Um, Mm. So there were some moments there that were, were a little bit knockoff Marvel. And I, I love cap and I love seeing him in that um, kind of naive and innocent uh gentlemanly um way but with this other steve i was like we've yeah, it I don't works, know, we've it seen works. it it works with steve rogers because that's his character he is kind of naive and but uh steve trevor is not he's a spy he's yeah, yeah. it's a different so the naive part doesn't work yeah so many people that, hate man. the trash can and i loved it i thought that was, that was a fine so joke oh, it's I, a, it was funny yeah I wish to it me, wasn't in like, the trailer, but that's, no, to I, me, I love like, it. You know what, though? I was going to say, though, to me, that's like the joke that you make to put in the trailer. 
that's why that joke exists. So like, ah, when you see the trailer, <laughs> yeah, that's why. I'll say this: I wish that the trailers didn't reveal that Steve that he was. Like, they could have kept it. Like I know that either you're selling Chris Pine tickets. You know, people want to see him in the movie, so you're gonna. Well, obviously the, the whole pandemic thing. But I wish if they didn't, if he didn't tell you he was in the movie, that that would have been a really cool surprise. But that's. I, I understand the marketing side of things. This is a whole different ball game. But from a story perspective, I would have been like, oh, it would have worked more for me if I didn't know it. If, strangely. That's another trope. Like, oh man, like Cat of Tender Dragon 2 when they spoiled that entire thing with, with that lady, with that character being the mom in the trailer and the director had a fucking meltdown at DreamWorks about it because the marketing department didn't get his okay. Anyway, we're, uh, so were there any other tropes before we move on to the final um, oh, the final? Can I put out one more? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Oh, I love the, the horror movie exposition guy, you know, where like he, he took out, he's like, this is what stone's about here are the books and le- and this is like from the the you know oh yeah google the goo whatever it like it reminded me of uh vincent diofrano vincent diofrano in um sinister <laughs> or uh you know like that horror movie guy that explains everything like this is what the necronomicon is and this is how it works i'm gonna tell you over zoom so everyone you know, it was like that guy so i don't know that cracked me up a little bit that they put this in this movie and it didn't really Kind of weird and it's again it's that thing where if, if you buy it you buy it if not you don't necessarily need that because you buy the magic of it and then diana can be like oh it's the god of mischief i i know these guys i fought one in the last movie kind of like, if you buy it you buy it you don't need extra explanation sometimes i'd have to i really need to i only had a chance to watch it once unfortunately before this i wish i could watch it again and I would have certainly more thoughtful things to say, but I, I feel like, okay, well, those are those sequences that just beef up the movie that could be slimmed down. And I'm the one who started by saying it should be 20 minutes longer. But Well, but it, but if we're talking about Richard Donner, though, I know him from Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt. So I'm fine with there being a little nod to anything horror related. And so I, I'm okay with that. Just if, especially if you're thinking that they did want to kind of honor um, Richard Donner's style. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was funny to put that in there. You know, I enjoyed it. But... How do you guys feel about this as um, now that DC is a little bit more established now from uh, basically saying, hey, all the movies that are, are happening now are no longer in a connected universe unless the directors and writers choose it to be. Um like even Patty Jenkins says, this is not even a hundred percent connected to Wonder Woman number one. This is not really a sequel. This is just a second Wonder Woman movie um, of the character, not the actual storyline. So, with that, I mean, how do you guys feel about this as a whole story from from beginning to end? What was I mean? Yeah, let's just uh, maybe just kind of dissect it, but not take too long. But you know what I mean. But. If it's not connected to the first movie, don't bring back Steve Trevor's ghost. Come on. It's connected to the first, like, it's a direct sequel, no matter what you want to say. It's not a, another Wonder Woman story. You don't bring back the, the, the ghost boyfriend thing then, okay? Like, you don't have his watch on her shelf. I think I think somebody had said where it was like, she was like a little girl, and in the beginning of Wonder Woman 1, um, Hippolyta did not want her to be trained, and she started training when she was a teenager. Those games are clearly training. So, like, there's, like, a couple of disconnects 
that are that are in it. But that's that's again that, that's also nitpicking stuff, and that's the stuff like I also just don't care about. I'm just like, no, I want I want little girl Wonder Woman being a badass. Excuse me, like I need I need I need to cry, and I need this um, because I love this. I love this. But uh, yeah, um, uh, Paul, do you want to start off with this one? I haven't had you start any discussion yet. Oh wait, no, I no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. No, I'll, I'll start with Sandra, I guess. Sandra, I felt bad because everybody has started like, like one of the discussions except for Paul, and I felt really bad. So, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. I'll, I'll keep going with Sandra. I didn't process it. All that you said. Like, so, and what you thought about everything. I'm like, I need to process this for a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So for me, like. There are kind of a lot of things as I started to unpack it. So one, I don't want to be ungrateful. I'm very, very happy that we have another movie this year. One of very few that it is Wonder Woman in this movie. You know, it, it, another Wonder Woman film. I'm I'm happy for that. Um, there were definitely some things that I enjoyed. And there were good pieces to it. So I don't hate it. I definitely don't think it's the worst DC film. Um, the The problems were really with a lot of the tropes that took all of the power and the strength and the unique things of Wonder Woman that now we were kind of doing the opposite in, oh, I say we, but, you know, we were seeing the opposite in 1984 where, you know, Diana is is clinging to her boyfriend for guidance um, as opposed to making that decision and, and making a noble decision. We have this wonderful theme at the very beginning um, with, no true hero is born from lies. And I'm like, that's, that's an important theme. And, and it's, it's very relevant to what we're seeing happen in the world right now. And especially when you have scenes where there's like utter chaos and you have this, this person who's lying and manipulating and, and just wanting power, regardless of the destruction that it's causing, like that's all very relevant that could have been played on and it wasn't enough. Um, and then we didn't see enough of that really powerful theme of of no true heroes born from lies like that would have been amazing to see that um weave throughout the movie and not just kind of at the very end we didn't get that that um no man's land scene that we got in wonder woman where it's like like oh i'm not supposed to like cross this path here like watch me because i'm wonder woman and you just see like everything slows down she's so badass and like i cried when i saw that scene i'm like this is we never see women do this and she was completely alone and it didn't matter because she knew who she was. So we, we didn't get that in, in World Woman 84. Like the only thing that we saw that was kind of close to that was when she saved those kids, um, which it's like, you know, fine, whatever. It, it, but it wasn't those the kids, same. Like, how are you not out of the road at that point? I know. It's like. <laughs> You're so in your soccer game. <laughs> You know, like five minutes later, you're gonna put yourself a in danger again. Got fight behind. <laughs> yeah, those kids are just gonna—they're doomed to be run over by a car. Sorry. It's inevitable. <laughs> no, but so so we didn't see that. I was I was bothered um, by seeing Max Lord his motivation because I think I think what you said, Tyler, about Loki—he did have motivation, and really his hatred for his upbringing, how he was treated as as other and not quite equal to his brother. Um, so we saw some of those things come up for Loki. With with Max Lord, we see that he was treated mean, and, and people were racist against him. And I, I hate that 
um, as a result of racism, he chose to be a very mean person who doesn't take care of his kid, um, says, you know, says, oh, how many weekends do I have with this punk? You know, like just really um, not <laughs> oh, a not yeah. a good person. So I, I didn't like that. I'm like, really? Like, if you're going to bring racism into the conversation, don't have it be the motivation to be evil, like to everybody as opposed to, is there an entity that you can direct this hatred toward? Um, you know, so it was just kind of this weird thing to give him that motivation um, to have it be as a result of, of being bullied. And, and yeah. um, so and, anyway, and, like, and I, I apologize for not really seeing that. Like I, I actually didn't even read it that way. And I actually feel like, yeah, that that's actually some, that is problematic. And I, I actually were, you know, I'm sad that I didn't really see that for how that is. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it took like unpacking it because I didn't see um, the issue with her. <laughs> and this is weird, but like I didn't see the issue of her being with Steve, like the, the body that he was was inside of. I didn't um, see an issue with that. And then someone brought that up. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. For me, it was more of that magic thing. But it mm-hmm. it it was a magic thing. Although it's so weird that at the end, I'm like, is that that same homie? Like, that's weird. That's yeah, why is he coming I mean, back at, in? At first, at first, I thought it was the magic thing, but then they did that mirror moment where he's yeah. his actual other face. I'm like, oh, this is no, just don't do that. He he's Steve. Like, don't right, show just, me that guy. Let him, <laughs> let him be like, poof, like poof him into existence, but don't have him like. What was he doing in his life before the wish, and now what is he like? Maybe, maybe could he, he have been? Or, or here's yeah. the thing though: what, to make that moment like awesome and hilarious, like cast Chris Hemsworth or something <laughs> as that guy, one of the other Chris's. Yeah, so, any of them, but that would have been Chris Pratt. Chris, Chris no, Evans. Chris Evans like, yeah, it. And I would have so loved that, it. Best movie ever. That was that was a um a little weird, but but also I don't. Who knows? The answer to this question why the heck did cheetah get two wishes i don't understand that how why did she get two wishes I think, like, be, I think it's because she got one with a stone and then he could also give another wish but he even said there's a line of dialogue where he can give as many wishes as possible as he wants um depending on the person but i think what the thing is, is that it was just the stone itself and then she got a wish through him oh uh, Okay. Well, because remember he ran up to that one like worker and he oh, says like right. what do you wish he for? It's like you only get one and you like you wasted oh, you're it or something. Right. Yeah, yeah he's like, Did I talk to you already? Ah. Yeah. Right. That's he's right. like, What's I... with you and Ferraris? So that's why I'm like, how did she get but I think that I think you're right. The I think your logic versus yeah, that, that makes sense to me though, Tyler. The yeah. stone he, the stone and then yeah. he is now a new like he's now a new stone. Yeah. yeah. So if uh, I had to pick one thing, I would say the biggest, biggest thing is what I already said. There was no uh, no man's land scene. That would have that would have like soothed me a little bit. Absolutely, especially cool just because yeah, like you could do it. It's a callback to the first movie. Plus, you get to see it in a modern setting, which is really what you want to see. You, I, you know, I wanted to see Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman in 1984. That's really that's all I wanted to see. Do whatever else you want with it. So yeah, those kind of moments that. Yeah, I don't want to she needed a side ponytail. <laughs> like, just give her a side ponytail and just call it a day. <laughs> Especially when she was uh, at the uh, at the the uh, workout place. I forgot gym at the gym. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like, isn't that like 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 that, that, that's like always 
the trope of whenever there's any scene in the 80s in the gym, whatever the main character is, they have one, they always have one thing. It's always like, an, like every one of those movies. <laughs> Look at Ruthless People. Bette Midler did it. Why can't, why can't Kristen Wiig? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I just love that you called it the workout place. Like, that's the what workout. I would call it because I don't, don't go called, to the gym. You know, the you know, place with the weights. It's like Homer Simpson once is like, Gime. He goes like, oh, a Gime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um yeah no thank you so much sandra i i i yeah i think you 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 hit a lot of lot of things that i absolutely agree with and uh again like i know we talked about it in messages back and forth back and forth but man oh man uh all right uh paul are you ready or would you like to decide do you want me just to go in the same oh, i go first all right josiah i don't know why i'm going uh, through the whole like what the boxes are <laughs> um so i think I think we've 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 established we're just going full on with spoilers, right? I don't need to. I, I I'm not yeah, yeah, holding anything back. So oh, we yeah. we we spoiled we spoiled the entire. Yeah, we spoiled movie. everything. <laughs> so yeah, don't wa- watch this. We have well, we haven't talked movie. about the the best the the cameo. So whenever oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so but with uh, the thing for me is I felt like what could have tied the movie together, what didn't. So is the idea of flight when she then learns how to fly. And then there's a sequence in the plane where talking about flight, but that could have been that moment. Like I've said that I want a wonder woman moment earlier in the film. Right. So you have the first sequence of, you know, Themyscira, little wonder, wonder lad, wonder gal, rather you have her, then you have uh 1984 mall sequence. And then you have until like an hour in before I think anything wonder woman again. Within that time frame, I would have loved some sequence to necessitate action from her that has her as Wonder Woman and that she fails at something because she cannot fly. And then she so that's part of what Steve does is he 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 talks to her through that. So then he serves a purpose other than to just be the thing that she renounces and his like that would have for me made this movie work on a deeper level because in the late portion of that movie that moment of like her that's 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 i think that's what they wanted uh sandra that's i felt like that was their equivalent of the no man's land moment where she's like i am gonna fly i am gonna fly now that i'm I'm gonna defy i'm gonna do things that no other themiscarian was able to do exactly i yes that and and but i feel like if they needed another moment to then actually tie it in to bring it back to the beginning. Cause, cause the, the intro is really, that's Maxwell Lord's lesson to learn you know, the whole, the, the lie thing. And I felt like that could have been something for her there. And it, and it also would have helped the movie because it would have gave that moment earlier of her being Wonder Woman in some way and her failing. Maybe it's, she fails because she tries to, quote take the easy way out or something that would then relate it back to the theme and i think that that was like a really missed opportunity because i still felt there was power in that moment of flight there was power as she's fighting through that thunderstorm and it was pretty crazy because last night we had a pretty gnarly thunderstorm here in southern california which we do not get like oh, yeah. ever ever i, I miss them so much <laughs> yeah like from pennsylvania whatever it's no big deal but yeah we do not get them in southern california <laughs> So I was like, what is Wonder Woman happening? She's flying by right now. So that would have really made the movie more powerful. And I think 
that that kind of speaks to the problem with the movie. It's just sort of mixed, uh, not mixed, missed opportunities and things they didn't go into. And maybe we going back to the first question, maybe it's because too many villains are trying to spread the screen time out, all these different things that when you try to get too much into a movie and you don't figure out what the right balance is, then something is lost. And I think that's one of the things that was lost for me because that was to me what the movie should have been about her empowerment through flight that could have reflected everything. And the empowerment through flight doesn't happen because you don't have the seeds planted early in the movie, even though it's a powerful moment still, it's just, it's, it's something is lost because of that. And that, and that was something, you know, a conversation that I had with Judy that, uh, right after we watched it, my wife, and she was like, yeah, I wanted that. I wanted something like that to see it, her and again her the, the the whole thing of more one room that was what judy said immediately after the movie ended because so behind me right i have some wonder woman this is a wonder woman that i gave judy both of these are and there's a couple of them actually when i proposed to her so i got all this wonder woman stuff and uh i was buying it for months and months and months leading up to her one pros so i took her out to dinner in a sushi place it was it was fancy enough to be memorable but not like super fancy so she would know something was up kind of thing and so when we went back a friend had gone to her house and decorated her room with all this stuff so that all this wonder woman stuff surrounded her with you know and i and i then got down and i proposed to her with the idea is she is wonder woman in my life and so I think what when Judy was watching it, like kind of her take was she wanted as a female that has appreciation and love for Wonder Woman, she wanted more of Wonder Woman and she wanted Wonder Woman to be the driving force behind the movie. But it, it they let it be Steve. That's the biggest miss. So and, and it could have been perfect where Steve helps empower her by under letting her understand the beauty and the power of flight. And then she then takes that power over. And I think that was there, but it was lost in other things. And I think that was even maybe their intention, but it was lost in other things because they were just so much stacked on. But I think, and I think what you have, the problem is then you're trying to give all this time to Kristen Wiig because she's awesome and Pedro Pascal because he's just so good that it then takes away. This is still a Wonder Woman movie as much as those People as performers are great. Even that, and it's all gets it just gets lost. And again, it's not always a problem to have multiple villains, but this is an example of where it's a problem to have multiple villains because there's only so much screen time to go around. You know, unless they release like next year the Patty Jenkins cut on HBO Max that's like six hours long. I don't know. I think there was an article saying that there is not a Patty Jenkins cut, so it's just, <laughs> I guess, is hopefully, yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, thank you so much. But that's, that's, that's it for me. And I, I would like, that was really what I, I saw. And, and I say all these things and I really want to say, I, I like the movie. And I might even say, I really like the movie because I just enjoyed it. I, I like the tone of it, even though it, I felt like it was very heavily a Richard Donner movie and maybe it would have been better if it had its own tone, but I, I, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the ride of it. I think it could have been though, there were things in this movie that could have allowed it to be a great Wonder Woman movie. And that's where it makes me sad, because it's like, oh, so close. Like, the flight stuff, oh, so close. And, that and, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. So far, I, I agree very much with, with both of you, uh, Sandra and Josiah, um, since you guys have went and Paul has not gone yet. 
um, that I, I anticipate that I'm going to agree with Paul as well. But um, I, I think one thing about this story is that I, I don't understand why all superhero movies are so afraid of just letting a, a villain marinate a little bit. I, I don't understand why Kristen Wiig just had to be, I'm, I'm good. And then poison, and then insert poison Ivy here, insert other things, like every villain in every DC movie ever here. Um, and it's literally, she's just a copycat of poison Ivy and Batman and Robin. Almost. I mean, I would say that Kristen Wiig is, I love Uma Thurman. She's a phenomenal actor, but I think Kristen Wiig has this charisma in this, in this delivery to make her way different and a little bit more um, relatable and easy to, uh, and it got maybe just easier to watch and like really enjoy in the goal of the story where, um, and so like with this movie, it was just kind of lots of missed opportunities and lots of just this needs to happen now because we said so we need, we need the, this cat calling to be the biggest issue in the world. Uh, which it is, of course, absolutely an issue in safety and people and in women not feeling safe at nighttime is obviously a very, very big deal and issue. And, and, but like, it's so weird where it just, it just seems like a plot trope as well of it. And going back to like the trope thing where it's just kind of like, yeah, this is important, but what happens next? And then she just tries to kill this guy and then no repercussions. And then she becomes, a, and then the next thing we know it, she becomes, a, she becomes a cheetah human hybrid. It was just kind of like this weird thing where it's like, it should have just kept going and just maybe we didn't get cheetah. And I was the same way with Pedro Pascal, where just, I feel like he went from, failed businessman to president to I'm on everybody's TV now and using this new technology. And it got really anticlimactic where most superhero movies end up in gigantic football stadiums uh, or have a big thing at airports or have big battles in the sky. You know, his was in a really small, like a room that was the size of my apartment. Okay, maybe a little bit bigger than my apartment, but it was like in a room underground, like a really, really cramped room with paper flying around. It wasn't epic at all. And I'm totally fine with like not having a fight scene or anything like that, but it didn't, it, it, it just, it was like all this buildup of his, of his story to just, I'm underground sending out this thing, papers flying around, and it's not really that interesting. And I feel like that that's kind of like a good metaphor for this movie. Where it's like all this build up, but then no matter what, it's just going to be this, like, no matter what, it's going to end. Whatever they try to bring up in this movie is going to end with, like, some tan walls and everybody being like, hey, we almost did something really cool there. And then, ta-da, and that's it. And so that's that's just the ongoing thing. Like, Kristen Wiig was awesome at the party, and she looked gorgeous and was fierce. And then she rescinded and was just like, didn't really learn anything from it. And then she's like, yeah, I just gave Maxwell Lord the thing. Like I hated the fact that they show him hiding the rock. And then she was like the next thing, like, Oh, I let him borrow it. I was like, then why did you show him like, take it all sinister like and put it behind his back <laughs> when he, when he literally was like, Hey, we just had sex. Um, can I borrow this? Like that's, I, I to, in my mind, that's I, I, how I kind of see it kind of happening like hey that was hey, that was really awesome and everything i'm taking this if that's cool for a couple days i'll see you later <laughs> like i don't know why they had to show too. and hide it <laughs> what 
I like Do how you left a little receipt too. Underneath the grass oh. over in that box. You yeah. left a little receipt. <laughs> this is for you. Call me in the morning. Yeah. Um no, yeah. like I I don't know. And I I I but again, from the story from start to finish, I I like the idea of it. I like the fact that it is kind of Wonder Woman in 1984, where it's not a big battle. It's not a big war going on right now. Um, I still think it should have been called like 1986, where where it has nothing to do with George Orwell. Like, that's literally the first thing I think of, and I was expecting in this movie. Okay, something's going to come. And it's just nothing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, Wonder Woman, 1985, July. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so I, 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 I feel like this movie just kind of like, it wanted to do a lot of things and it just the whole thing is it falls flat in a tan room that's boring and not shiny and not flashy or anything like that but then she has like a lasso of truth he had a really flashy beginning and it just kind of goes nowhere and um i also think like with the story um the chaos that's going on outside there could have been some really cool I don't know, like fight scenes in there where somebody was wishing like really terrible things. Cause obviously everybody's not wishing good things like, you know, like farms and cattle and, and football tickets and stuff like that. Like you saw and would hear throughout the movie. We have a lot of sickos in this world and she's fought a lot of those sickos. There are people who are just like, Hey, I want zombies. I mean, stuff like that would have kind of been cool to see like Wonder Woman fighting zombies and horrible even just, things that people are wishing. Yeah. Just like her saving people throughout. That. Yeah. More exactly. So. Yeah. And we and yeah, no Wonder Woman, no no n- none of that stuff. And so it, it's just a weird movie where it just reflects so much. I'm gonna go back to it. It reflects so much of Superman Returns, where everybody was like, There's where's Superman? Like, where's he didn't throw one punch in this movie, but he's too much Superman. And then this movie is there's no Wonder Woman. She's doing all these fantastical, like he's one of these cool things and putting pieces together, but she's still not Wonder Woman. Um, I will say that, like, I do like how they did the invisible jet because I hate the invisible jet more than anything in this entire world. <laughs> I'm so glad that's not really in comics anymore. And they actually made it in a way where I really liked it. No, I and thought they, that was cool. And they too. connected it to Zeus. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I like that a lot. And so um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, it was just weird. And the fight scene with, with Cheetah made no sense. It, I just, I don't, I don't understand why she, she already had her wish. She didn't need to protect. Pedro Pascal, maybe I just, I know he said he rescinds his wish and stuff like that, but she still had her original wish. She doesn't need to rescind it. Like, she had her original wish. She's going to be like Diana after all this anyway. And that's why I was saying, like, save Cheetah for the sequel, for the next story. Let her marinate. Let her get mad. Let her fight, like, just normal herself. She doesn't even have to have Cheetah Prince or anything like that. I just don't understand why this film went so fast, so big over here in these avenues, and yet so slow and 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 so boring and these other ones like the this whole story with pedro pascal with maxwell lord and his child was just boring and i didn't i mean i, I didn't really see that he loved the kid until the ending where he's like oh yeah i love my son like we didn't see this at all buddy like what happened and so again i, I want to preface that i did like this movie i'm just annoyed that this is the follow-up for wonder woman one and i am a gigantic wonder woman fan i absolutely love wonder woman that's all i want to say that's that's how i feel about the story of this thing it's just a bunch of it going a thousand miles an hour certain parts and then like slow as a sail as a snail for like the major parts and it just is feels so unbalanced and then the payoff is just like 
me going back to the office and looks and staring at that beige wall that I stare at. Like that's all the movie kind of felt like. But I still did like it. It's just, man, I wanted that no man's land scene, like what you were saying, Sandra. Yeah. And that's it. That that's all I want to say. Paul, take us home with with what you thought of the story. C plus. That's it. Wait, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, you know, uh, here's the thing. I have the least experience with Wonder Woman. I don't think I've actually seen an episode with Elena Carter, Wonder Woman. Um, I only, I saw the first movie, uh, of course. Um, I haven't read any of the comics. I love the first Wonder Woman. Um, when I was watching in the theater, I was like, Holy shit, this movie is going to hit Dark Knight territory. Like, it is really good. And then they had that whole thing with Ares, and it was like a goofy, like, Zack Snyder battle that kind of, like, made it kind of, kind of knocked it a little bit. But I still love Wonder Woman. Like, I was over the DCEU when, before Wonder Woman came out. And then after I saw Wonder Woman, I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. I saw Justice League, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then, you know, like, I'll give, I'll give DC movies a chance. I'm not like a, I love Marvel movies, and I don't have, like, a Marvel bias, but um, there's so many things that Marvel movies do that are right, and they do it well, and it still feels like, I don't know how many years in the DCEU is, but it still feels like they're trying to find their footing, and then every once in a while they have, like, a good movie, like Birds of Prey, or, you know, the first Wonder Woman. Um, Yeah, Shazam, Shazam is another one. Uh, yeah, and those seem like anomalies in the filmography. Like they just, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, I this movie's okay. Um, I uh, I was ex- I had going into this movie, I was hoping that it was gonna match like the heights of the first Wonder Woman, but um, obviously it didn't. And I wasn't upset about that. I was just like, oh, it's okay. It's a just a it's an okay movie. There's a lot of problems, and it's not a very good movie. And the thing, the thing with these movies is that when movies are bad, uh, well, if, you know, it goes like I think this movie slid into the so bad it's good territory. Like I specifically like the scene where um, Pedro Pascal's like he gets off the helicopter and he's just calling out to his son, and then his son just runs out from the bushes or something like randomly. Like <laughs> how did you know to be right there? Like, how did Alistair know where he was? And, like, I don't know. And I was thinking, like, oh, maybe he had some kind of whistle for his kid that only his kid can hear, and so he ran out of the bushes. <laughs> I know. It was just, like, really bizarre, bizarre choices. Like, Cheetah looked – I think Cheetah – I agree with all of you that Cheetah should have just been Kristen Wiig in, like, the, the, the you know, the suit, and not an actual, like, you know, extra from Cats, like that weird CGI. Um <laughs> I just. I mean, she, yeah. she is a cheetah in the co- in the comics. Like she does become Paul, a yeah. hybrid cheetah. She's you know, a hybrid cheetah. I think if if she just had the overcoat, we would have got it. We're like, oh, she's cheetah. Like we get it. Yeah, and then um, save the, save her for the next movie. Yeah, cheetah's too strong of a character anyway. She's she, hell. She's know. in the Legion I mean, of Doom. I'm just you know I come from the point of I'm just thankful there's like a new movie out, and yeah, I enjoy watching something that wasn't Breaking Bad again or Sopranos. Or Mad Men, you know, like I was just enjoyed watching something new, um, and yeah, I, I just like, that was nice watching something new. I'm super psyched about HBO Max having like all the 2021 movies being on HBO Max at the same time as theaters, um, and 
I just enjoy the movie. I know that's like not the common no, opinion absolutely. to have like, on the internet. Yeah. Just enjoy something even if it's bad. But I enjoyed it, even though it was a bad movie. Um, I don't understand like all why people are freaking out. Um, that it, it didn't really like live up to the expectations or something. From what Tyler was saying, it sounds like like the Last Jedi all over again. Like people are freaking out. Like, ooh. Oh, it's it's so bad. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I just think people need to chill the fuck out and enjoy things. Um, I you know, just enjoy things. Whether it's good or bad, just enjoy things. Like, thank God we got a new movie. You know, we didn't get any Marvel. We didn't get any, like anything for like a long time. All we got was like Tenet, and then Christopher Nolan being angry that movies are not in the theater, and like that's all we yeah. got. Birds of Prey, Sonic, yeah, Trolls too. Birds of Prey was like March, and so I'm I'm just glad to be like entertained with something new. Like that, the fact that it's like something new came out makes me hopeful. Like, hey, things are kind of turning, you know, turning around. Like we're getting new movies, and you know, eventually we'll have Marvel movies again, and things will kind of return to normal. So like this is kind of like the turning point for me. So that's what I feel for Wonder Woman 1984. Like kind of like a turning point. Like hey, things are getting back to normal. It's going to take a little while, but we're pivoting back to normalcy instead of like 20, 2020 was like a dumpster fire. Like we're, you know, a little bit of that fire is going out and it's kind of pivoting towards back to like, oh, things are okay. So, um, I agree. All right. And so this is going to be the final thoughts. We're, we're just talking about just like in one, one or two minutes, just just say anything else that you have about the movie. And also tell us about what you thought about that cameo. Okay. So that cameo. Um, almost got me, almost got me to get a little misty eyed, although I feel dead inside. So, um, you know, the fact that it, (laughs) the podcast is taking a dark turn for Sandra over here. Yeah. I normally cry at everything. (laughs) I cried. I don't don't know what happened to you. I, I, I normally cry at everything. That's why I like the fact that I didn't cry uh, at that cameo or in watching soul. I was like, am I? Am I okay? Anyway, so, it, but it almost got me. So I'm like, cool. It's still there's still something in there. Um, but yeah, that cameo, just seeing Linda Carter, I'm like, oh, she looks great, and like just seeing her. Oh yeah. So I I was excited about that cameo. Um, overall, I mean, watch it because what else you can watch? So just watch it and whatever. Like decide for yourself. I think we don't have to hate things. Um, we can certainly like think deeply about them. Um, but but the overall taste on my mouth isn't like that. I hate the movie. So I'm glad about that. Um, and you can find me on the storygeeks.org being weirdo, um, but talking, talking deeply about um, geek stories, just diving in deep to the stories and finding themes and finding connections and how um, we look at these stories and how they relate to the world around us and the world that we're in, which is uh, like you said, a dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, and you can you can find me on um, Twitter at sand underscore rad and on Instagram at sand underscore rad one, and I'm most active I'm most active on Instagram. Absolutely. So. And uh, Paul, <laughs> do you want to go next? Or would like to say Oh, why does Paul get to dictate that I have to go next? Come on, man! I'm I, trying to go in order. Uh, no, we need I, order. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> reverse alphabetical numerical by height um i i like the movie i liked it i didn't love it and i wanted to love it but i enjoyed it i enjoyed the experience of watching it that that's all i i would have maybe even liked it more if i could have got to see it in a the theater because i think 
those moments of epicness would have really sailed like the, the flight and the firework sequence with the plane that would, would have been really, really cool to see on a big screen. That's uh, all I have to say, but the things are what they are. Anyway, here's the thing. You guys know I have two little kids. It's not easy to go get, out to see a movie under normal circumstances anyway. It's just a juggling act with the kids. So, and especially my, my smaller daughter, she like doesn't like people that aren't me or my wife or her sister. Like, She's doesn't, yeah, doesn't like socialize. So it's tricky. So I, it was like a gift on Christmas for Judy and I. That at the end of the day, we got to watch a Wonder Woman movie, a brand new, pretty okay <laughs> Wonder Woman movie that we were going to see before. And the cameo, super awesome. I love that it was just a cool cameo, but I love that it actually tied into the story. That was what was really cool about it. It actually tied in the story of the, was it, what's her name, character's name? this area and the armor and everything. And it, 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 it tied, it actually wasn't just tacked on for the sake of being tacked on. It actually fulfilled a story thread. So you know, hats off for that cleverness because that was a really cool way to incorporate her into the movie. Absolutely. And Paul. Oh, wait, where can they find yourself? Just ISO. Oh yes, of course. So you can find me uh, here on Popmosis film talking about films with my good buddies, Tyler and Paul. But you can also find me talking about very similar things, geeky-related stuff, movies as well, all kinds of things on Josiah is Right, W-R-I-T-E as in writer, on uh, mostly on YouTube, Instagram. I'm on Instagram, but Instagram is mostly pictures of my kids, so if you want to see the kids that I'm talking about, that's what's on Instagram. Although Penny does <laughs> do a lot of guest appearances on my... If I open up a toy... Penny will be on the uh, YouTube channel. There. She <laughs> loves to do toy unboxings. That's like her thing. That's her jam. And of course, it's like toys. I'm like, you're not allowed to actually play it's with this toy. It's yeah. like, <laughs> such a daughter. Oh my God. <laughs> she really is. Um, so that's where you can find me. And don't forget to subscribe to me there on YouTube and the Grand, the Grand Geek Gathering here on YouTube. Or if you're on YouTube. If you're listening to podcasts elsewhere, hop over to YouTube to subscribe because you will automatically be entered to win a t-shirt. It could be a Josiah's Right t-shirt, maybe a Pop Moses film t-shirt, but all you have to do is be subscribed to both of our channels, The Grand Geek Gathering and Josiah is Right, and you could get a t-shirt. So be sure to do that. Yep. And Paul, final thoughts on the cameo, final thoughts, and uh, where they can find oh, you. I do the cameo was uh, amazing. Um, and I haven't seen. I, I mean, I know of Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool, and I, I like how they integrated the story. Um, I thought that was neat. And I don't know this movie's fine. Uh, you know, um, I'm just glad to see something that's new uh, and not like something made like ten years ago or whatever. You know, I'm just happy something's new. And um, so yeah, and. Just, I think people on the internet need to chill out. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Everybody has an opinion, and I don't know. People need to chill the <laughs> fuck out. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just like it's just a movie, and if you enjoy it, fine. If you don't, yeah. keep it to yourself. I mean, it's so. a documentary, but I, I know what you mean. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I never understood. Why if you don't watch a different rage. movie, problem solved. <laughs> yeah, I never understood the nerd rage. You know, like, you know, if something's bad. It, you know, just move on with your life. It's fine. And um, it can't be as I can't be as accurate to real life like Shrek. I and mean, that's the thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, not everything can be compatible. <laughs> awesome. And where can they but, find uh, you? Yeah. Tyler's jokes have layers like an onion. 
Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Parfaits have layers. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at uh, Arcade Blackfire. I never post. So but you can find me I haven't posted in a long time. I'll post again eventually. I just didn't want anything from 2020. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to remember this year in any way and yeah. move on from this year. Because there's, there's some good things. There's some good, but it sucked. Everybody knows it sucked. Uh, yeah. So, but. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. How about you, Tyler? What do you, uh, what are your final uh, thoughts? That cameo absolutely made me cry both times. Both times watching it, I, yeah, tears, everything. Oh, yeah. Linda sure. Carter, love the old show. Love Linda Carter as a person. She's unbelievably stunning and powerful and just like. She, she's my Wonder Woman, yeah. damn it. She's my Wonder Woman. Um, and so, yeah. Well, okay. it was much. it a stoic tear? Was it like a... Um, no, I think both 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 eyes had both eyes had tears probably on both sides. I would say. I would say like maybe three tears. I was so three, like another cry? It wasn't a four tier. It wasn't Lord of the Rings Return of the King, but it was it was a three it was a three tier. Because um, I, I, I honestly honestly didn't expect it. I honest to God, because she I think she opted out from the first movie. So I just thought she just didn't really care. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that. The movie. I know I bitched a lot, but I just think it's important for this movie, honestly, because I think this is a very empower. I think Wonder Woman one was so empowering. This movie is empowering, but missed a lot of marks that makes it a little bit upsetting, and that's okay. It's still a fun movie. I like it. I give it. I would give it a six point five out of ten. I, I, I do like it. I do have issues with it, but I will totally watch it again. Gladly watch it again. If somebody were to say, let's do a Wonder Woman marathon, I'd be stoked. So I liked it. Please watch it. And I'll see. Yeah, like what Paul said, don't take it so seriously. It's Wonder Woman, and they're trying to do something magical, okay? Like, and it's Pedro Pascal, all right? Like, let's, come on, come on. Anyways, you, thank you so much for listening, and you can check out all of our shows and offerings on thegrandgeekgathering.com, and please subscribe to our YouTube, please follow all of our shows, our articles are also on our website and everything else, I stream on Twitch, please subscribe to the Story Geeks, they're amazing, they're so good, great podcast, great group of people, and uh, yeah, I can't believe it, guys, 2021, can't believe it. Happy uh, New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah, as we're recording this, this is the end of 2020, and this is our first episode when we release it for 2021. So that's awesome. I want to say thanks to uh, Sandra for coming back with us. She was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, you my were, pleasure. You, you guys great, are a blast. Great, great insight uh, and a perspective that obviously as three males on a podcast, we can't, you know, we're, there's only some, there's in, there's things we're not going to see. Just, you know, just as another person, whether you're male or female, just as, and we really appreciate that. But t- I want to say to Tyler and Paul, thank you guys so much for, we, eat, we, we sometimes struggle and fight to just get to the recording day, but every time we record, I just thoroughly enjoy our conversations. Like, you guys know, like, when I'm, we're messaging, I'm like, stop messaging me. I can't read them all. But when we talk here, <laughs> Like it's not that I can't. No, that's a problem. I I can't because I'm a dad. Like I'm like fifty messages. Come on, guys. It's not always like that. But but my point being is that when we sit down and talk about movies, it is just always a joy. I I glean perspective from you guys every time that I might not have, or at least see it through a different lens, even if I don't agree. And and that's what I appreciate about you and like what Sandra brought to the table. Again, 
perspective that I, I couldn't have and things that I won't see. And that's why I would, if I weren't on the show, that's why I would listen to it because you guys bring that stuff to the table and Sandra <laughs> can keep up with some, with Paul and Tyler who are awesome. Yeah. You gotta, if you gotta keep up with those guys, you gotta be good, Sandra. So that's why <laughs> if you're invi- invited back. And just like my good luck charm on this, on panel <laughs> yeah, discussions, I feel like. Open invitation. If you ever want to come back and join us for another podcast, you're always invited. Heck yeah. Yeah, and on that note, have a wonderful new year. Have a great week. Wear a mask. Let's pray for 2021 to be so much better. And GGG. <laughs> <You're that>. <laughs> <laughs> GGG. <laughs> What's on the silver screen? I got some takes you wouldn't believe. Grand Geek Gathering